Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Polling has been robust, how about that, in Alberta. And a lot of the final predictions, final numbers are being laid out today. We're going to talk about some of them with Mark Henry, who is with Think HQ, a Calgary-based polling company. Mark, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us before the election. Carlene, thank you for the invitation. All right, let me ask you, um, you know, how unusual is it at this time to have things so close? There's The polling companies have different numbers, but a lot of them are showing one thing. It's a nail-biter here. Well, as someone born in Alberta, I can tell you quite honestly, we are not used to competitive elections. Uh, you, you usually know before the election campaign starts who's going to win. Um, so this one is very rare and very, very competitive. It is. You know, some of the companies have given it just by a fraction to the UCP and some to the NDP. What are you calling, first of all? And then we'll drag them all in. You know what? I I, I don't like making uh, seat projections and that sort of thing. I mean, we, we don't do the level of analysis you need to do riding calls. But I, I would say, you know, 80 percent chance the UCP are going to form the next government, 20 percent chance for the NDP. And I don't think it's going to be by a huge margin. I mean, if the NDP win, it's going to be by a couple of seats. If if the UCP win, if they break 50 seats, they're pretty lucky. All right. Let me ask you, too, because it's so close, uh, we've all experienced this at least once in our lifetimes and wake up in the morning and go, wow, that was weird. Because if the if the thing happens a couple of times in certain ridings, the whole election can turn around. What ridings and how many ridings could perform this task, Mark? Well, and, and this is the tricky part. I mean, first past the post as an electoral system, it tends to exaggerate what happens at the ballot box. And this can be, you know, lead to some strange outcomes um, in elections that are this close. But if you look at um, you know, province-wide, the, the, the ridings to really keep an eye on are going to be places like Morinville, St. Albert, Calgary Acadia, Calgary Elbow, um, Strathcona Sherwood Park, Lesser City. Like, there, there's really about 10 or 11 ridings uh, across the province that are going to make the difference between what happens in this election. And most of them are found within the city of Calgary. There's 26 seats within Calgary city limits, and most of them are quite competitive. All right. One of the things I was looking at, at some of the findings of David Coletto and Abacus, and he's uh, they've gone very, very granular on this. There's demographics, age, gender. How much is that playing? You know, we all hear um, certain parts of our country changing and Calgary is is a part of Canada that appears to be changing. And that shows up electorally, as we know. Does play a role, um, you know. Calgary is a funny place because it's always been a city that has had a lot of inward migration. It's always been a young city compared to uh, the rest of Canada, so this is nothing new. Um, but when you look at the the support for the different parties across the province, NDP support tends to be more urban. It's younger. It's more women, particularly women under the age of thirty five, are heavily going to vote NDP. Um, conservative vote like traditionally conservative vote. It tends to be a little bit older. It tends to be more male. Um, there's some interesting demographics uh, to look at in terms of education levels. If you've got a university degree, you're much more likely to vote for the NDP. If you don't, you're more likely to vote for uh, the UCP. 
You know, and the issues here, they swerved. We have the normal ones, healthcare, the economy. Then we had the wildfires, leadership, stepping up. How much of a wrench in the works did that throw, or did it throw a favor to you know, one I, or both I, of these candidates? I, I don't know whether it, it favored one candidate over another. And it did give Danielle Smith an opportunity to... Uh, to show leadership and and do so, you know, sort of being a, a strong, uh, a strong voice and stable leader during a, an emergency across the province. So that probably helped her a little bit. But I mean, uh, there's been a lot of talk about healthcare. There's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, our relationship with Ottawa. A lot of talk about education. The, 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 there's a myriad of issues that they've dealt with. At the end of the day, this is kind of boiling down to a referendum, either on leadership or on the party. And and I'll explain that. So, you know, for the conservatives, there's far less resistance to the UCP party among voters than there is to Daniel Smith. So, you know, they they are talking about the NDP and the NDP party and what risks they they pose to the uh, Alberta economy. The reverse is true for the NDP. It's a bit of a paradox. So there's there's far less resistance to uh, Rachel Notley personally than there is to the NDP brand. And so, you know, the Conservatives are going to try and position this as a referendum on the NDP party and the economy. And if you're the NDP, you're going to want to try and turn this into a referendum on Danielle Smith. It is. She's had her... She's had her moments here. I've been referencing the New York Times piece yesterday that <laughs> discussed here. Watch this in Alberta, they said. The premier is running for election. And here's what she said. Is is this setting a little bit of a record here? As you said, you know, there's unusual stuff that's happening. And earlier we talked to a political analyst who was really pointing out what some of that stuff is that we have. I don't know, what do we call them? Controversial remarks. But you also have this, the pandemic coming back as well. It's so yeah. unique what we're watching and Daniel Smith's performance in it. A lot of what's, uh, what Daniel Smith has said was prior to her becoming premier, uh, you know, running for the leadership, she said some fairly controversial things, things that she said as a talk show host, some controversial things. Uh, but there are also instances where she was premier. Uh, where she had some lapses in judgment, particularly in and around, uh, you know, a conversation with uh, uh, Arthur Pulowski, uh, who is now a convicted pastor, uh, who was involved in the Coots border crossing, uh, or blockade, rather. I mean, and the Ethics Commissioner actually came down and said she broke the Conflict of uh, Interest Act. Um, so it, it, there are things that she's done uh, that have, have certainly... Um, Push some voters towards the NDP, and it's also created some challenges for people who are, um, you know, traditionally uh, good, have a good reputation for voting, good uh, record for voting, and traditionally vote, you know, to support a, a conservative party. They don't always like what the conservatives have done in the past four years, but it's a nice, safe, comfortable vote for them. And there's a portion of those voters who are now reluctant, conflicted, call it what you want, who are now questioning, you know, what what are they going to do on election day? Are they going to stay home? Are they going to vote for the, the NDP? I mean, most of them don't want to vote for the NDP. That They may spoil their ballot. But so it'll be interesting to see the, the turnout on election day and whether that's strong. If it's strong turnout on election day, that probably says that uh, the conservatives have reassured their, their voter base if 
election day turnout is, you know, a bit weak, um, they may be in, in for a surprise. It could. I mean, uh, David Coletto, and I referenced this earlier as well, is showing uh, what would happen in his polling if Daniel Smith was not the leader and it wouldn't even be a race. So strange times. Yeah, I, I mean, at the start of the campaign, we looked at, you know, we know who voted uh, which way in the last election based upon what they reported. There was one quarter of 2019 conservative voters who said that they did not approve of Daniel Smith. And, and most of it was quite strong. Um, that's a tough place to start. So they, they've lost some of that vote. It's migrated over to the NDP. Uh, you know, that a lot of people are talking about renting their vote to the NDP this time. It may not be a permanent uh, place for them. But then there are about, you know, 10 to 15 percent of that 2019 conservative vote who are still sitting and undecided and deciding what it is they're going to do. And, you know, in Alberta, we have traditionally had less than stellar turnout rates, um, largely because of the, the lack <laughs> of competition. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether turnout um, even comes close to, to the high turnout that we saw in 2019. If it's if it's below 60 percent, um, that may mean that some of those conflicted conservatives are just saying, eh, you know, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah. And sit it out. And then they're under fire on social media for doing that. People are saying, don't sit it out. You got to vote. You got to vote. Mark Henry. If if the conservatives can reassure them by Election Day, then they've got this one. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.